0: Today we're going to look at another aspect within the life of David. I keep reading and studying 1st and 2nd Samuel, and I'm seeing so many things that are very rich in meaning and also in application, and they're just too good to pass up. How many's ever read the Bible and you come across something and it's just Amen. too good to pass up and you got to camp out there for a little while, right? Amen. So we're going to begin by going to the Bible And we're going to read 2 Samuel chapter 9. That's where my text is today. 2 Samuel chapter 9. Holy Scripture reads, David asked, Is there anyone remaining from Saul's family I can show kindness to? Because of Jonathan. There was a servant of Saul's family named Ziba, and they summoned him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? I am your servant, he replied. So the king asked, Is there anyone left of Saul's family I can show the kindness of the Almighty to? Ziba said to the king, There is still Jonathan's son who is lame in both feet. The king asked him, Where is he? Ziba answered the king, You'll find him in Lodibar at the house of Makir, son of Amiel. So King David had him brought from the house of Makir, son of Amiel in Lodibar. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David, bowed down to the ground and paid homage. David said, Mephibosheth, I am your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, since I intend to show you kindness because of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all your grandfather Saul's fields, and you will always eat meals at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you take interest in a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's attendant Ziba and said to him, I have given to your master's grandson all that belonged to Saul and his family. You, your sons, and your servants are to work the ground for him, and you are to bring in the crops so that your master's grandson will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, is always to eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do all my lord the king commands. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table just like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. All those living in Ziba's house were Mephibosheth's servants. However, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts today. King David was a man of His Word, and King David was a man of kindness. In this chapter, we read of his extending kindness to Mephibosheth, a man that could not possibly ever repay David. As we read a moment ago, Mephibosheth was lame in both feet. Mephibosheth was not born lame, he was not born crippled, but he had an accident that made him cripple. In 2 Samuel chapter 4 verse 4, we read that Mephibosheth was five years old when the news about the death of King Saul and Prince Jonathan, Saul's son, was heard when it arrived. The lady who was watching Mephibosheth, his nurse, picked him up and began to flee the area in fear because the king had died. As she was in a hurry, she dropped the boy, and he hit the ground in such a way that both of his feet became lame from then on. So why was David concerned with showing kindness to Mephibosheth? Well, the story tells us. Second Samuel 9 begins with David asking, Is there anyone remaining from Saul's family I can show kindness to because of Jonathan? Now, Jonathan was King Saul's son and best friend of David's at a younger point in his life. If you think about somebody that you grew up with and you were best friends with, you watched out for them and they watched out for you. The two of you were often together and there was a unique bond of friendship between you both. Well, that's how David and Jonathan were and maybe even more so than that. In 2 Samuel 9, David knew that Jonathan was gone. Jonathan had died in battle. David was curious if there were any descendants of Jonathan that remained. Because David said he wanted to show the kindness of the Almighty to the family. He wanted to be kind to Jonathan's family. The kindness of the Almighty. Yahweh is a kind, mighty one. We had a couple of statements here in the testimony service about Yahweh being kind. He's so kind that He sends the blessing of the rain on the land of the unrighteous. He's so kind that He shines His great big sun on the sinner's house just as brightly as on the saint's house. I was thinking the other day as I walked into the hardware store, I thought in my mind, anyone in here today, in this store, who is not walking in a relationship with Father Yahweh does not realize that they're being alive today and they're breathing. They're being able to talk, to smile, to laugh. That's all the kindness of Yahweh. Every bit of that. You know, Yahweh is kind 24-7 to humans who don't deserve his kindness all the time. David wanted to be kind like Yahweh is kind. Because as we learned before, David was a man who was after the heart of Yahweh. He was loyal to Yahweh. He wanted to exhibit kindness. David wasn't worried if the descendant of Jonathan could pay him back. He wasn't looking for any payback from Mephibosheth. David wasn't concerned what Mephibosheth could do for him. He was only concerned with what he could do for Jonathan's family. You know, the greatest act of kindness is when we help somebody and we expect nothing in return. That's the greatest act of kindness. You can tell how kind a person is by how they treat the people who have nothing to offer. We live in a world where people generally do things to get things. But a heart of kindness performs acts of kindness simply because it loves and it lives to be kind for no other reason. No ulterior motives, no hidden agendas. A heart of kindness performs acts of kindness simply because that's what flows from it because it's a new heart is why. You know, the Bible even says that it's the kindness of Yahweh that leads people to repentance. Romans 2 verse 4 it says, Or do you despise the riches of His kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that Yahweh's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Amen. Earlier in David's life, he and Jonathan had formed a bond. After David killed Goliath in battle, he went to live at King Saul's house. And David and Jonathan became best friends. 1 Samuel 18 says that Jonathan loved David as much as he loved himself. And he made a covenant or a pact, an agreement with David. But there was a problem. And that is that King Saul became jealous of David because David was receiving more attention than Saul was receiving. Everyone was praising David for his mighty defeat over Goliath of Gath you remember in 1 Samuel 18 as they came back marching through the streets after the defeat of the Philistines the women saying Saul has slain his thousands but David has slain his tens of thousands and Saul became jealous and got upset and rage overtook King Saul to the point that he attempted to kill David, to murder David in 1 Samuel chapter 18 Saul threw a spear at David While David was playing the harp and this beautiful praise music to Yahweh to try to calm the evil spirit that was tormenting King Saul. Saul was so much in a jealous rage of David that he threw a javelin at young David with murder in his heart. He wanted to kill David. But David escaped the evil hand of Saul. In 1 Samuel 19... Saul ordered his son Jonathan to kill David. But remember, Jonathan had made a pact, a covenant with David. So Jonathan hid David secretly, and then Jonathan went and spoke kindly to his dad, Saul, about David. Jonathan got Saul to calm down, and everything was okay for a little while, but later on it happened again. Saul threw another spear at David with the intent to murder David. David escaped. In First Samuel chapter 20, we read of the last time that David and Jonathan saw each other. They had a secret conversation because David was so afraid of his life in the presence of Saul. David and Jonathan talked, and at one point in First Samuel 20, Jonathan said to David this, If I continue to live, treat me with Yahweh's kindness. But if I die, don't ever withdraw your kindness from my household. End of quote. The Bible says that they swore an oath of kindness with one another. At the end of the chapter, the time had come for them to say goodbye. Saul's rage had grown to the point that he threw a spear, not this time at David, but this time he threw one at his own son, Jonathan. Threw a spear at Jonathan with the intent to kill him. Why? Why? because Jonathan sided with David. Jonathan and David wept with each other that day. The Bible says that Jonathan wept, but David wept more. They had a brotherly bond that only can be explained by Yahweh creating that between friends. Now that's the background of our opening text in 2 Samuel 9. This is why in Second Samuel 9 David was wondering if there was anybody left from the descendants of Jonathan after Saul and Jonathan had died. And there was. Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. Second Samuel 9 verses 5 through 6 says that King David had him brought to the palace. And when crippled Mephibosheth came up to David, however he did it, whether it was in crutches, whether somebody carried him, whether it was some kind of cheer, they halted him in there, in on. He came up to David and he bowed down and worshipped to King David, paid homage to the king. And I can imagine that he was worried. He was a bit scared about what was going on. Why has the king of all Israel called me to his palace? David tells him in verse 7, Don't be afraid, since I intend to show you kindness because of your father, Jonathan. That's the reason for the kindness. It had nothing to do with Mephibosheth personally. It was because of his father, Jonathan. David was remaining true to the covenant that he made with Jonathan back in 1 Samuel 18 and in 1 Samuel chapter 20. Now I want you to think about this. Meditate on this. Jonathan was dead. David's best friend was dead and gone. Long gone. David could have went on with his life and never concerned himself with Jonathan's family. And there was no one on the earth that would have held David accountable to his pledge or his oath with Jonathan. But that did not matter to David. Why? Because David was a man of His Word. He was a man that made a promise and kept a promise. He kept that covenant. The Bible teaches us to be men of our Word. It does. In Psalm 15, it says that the man who keeps his word, whatever the cost, is a man who will dwell on Yahweh's holy mountain. David was that kind of man. He cared not that Jonathan had died. He knew that Yahweh was a witness in that oath with his best friend. Yahweh was watching that oath that he swore with Jonathan. So David stood true to that oath. In 2 Samuel 9, verse 7, David tells Mephibosheth, I will restore to you all your grandfather Saul's fields, and you will always eat meals at my table. Mephibosheth, you get all of Saul's property. Mephibosheth, you get to sit at the table, not just a table in the palace, but you get to sit with me at the same table that I eat at. So Mephibosheth would be treated like royalty, even though he was not. Mephibosheth was astonished. He bowed down towards David again, and he said this, What is your servant, he's speaking of himself, what is your servant that you take an interest in a dead dog like me? He actually said that. That's a literal rendering from the Hebrew. He called himself a dead dog. And that word dead in Hebrew means dead And that word dog in Hebrew means dog. (laughs) And he's saying, look, I'm worthless in the natural. That's what he was saying. I'm worthless. I can't work for you. I can't do anything for you. He couldn't help out. He was lame in both feet. He wondered why in the world David would treat me with so much honor. Why does he want me to come to the palace? There was nothing he could do for David to earn that honor. But honor came to him because he was the son of Jonathan. He was related to Jonathan, whom David had made a covenant with. Mephibosheth's relationship to Jonathan made all the difference in the world. Everything that once belonged to King Saul and his family was now handed to Saul's grandson, son of Jonathan, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was even given workers that were set up under him. Over 15 men from the family of Ziba with 20 more servants worked for Mephibosheth. That's 35 men. Mephibosheth went from having nobody that worked up under him to having 35 men that worked up under him. Something, isn't it? Those men would work the fields, Saul's property. They would work the fields that David had given to Mephibosheth and they would bring in the crops to cripple Mephibosheth. And he would live there in Jerusalem, and he would sit at the table with King David, and he would he would eat he would enjoy his life. Second Samuel nine eleven says that Mephibosheth ate at David's table just like one of the king's sons. Now you can see how a king's son would sit at his father's table. You can see that because he's royalty, but a non-son, not normally. But in this case, a non-son. Somebody that was from a different family than David. A different tribe than David. Now remember, Saul's tribe was what? Benjamin. Saul's tribe was Benjamin. David's tribe was Judah. So still tribes of Israel, but different tribes, different families. It would be like me and Dennis, me and Jerry, me and Ron. No immediate kinship. Mephibosheth was not of any immediate kinship to David. He was a non-son. And David was going to have him sitting at his table. You know, Mephibosheth had never even met David until that day. David did not even know about Mephibosheth until that day. That's why he asked, is there anybody in Jonathan's family that I can show kindness to? Is there anybody left? But all that mattered was that he was Jonathan's son. Jonathan was David's best friend whom he loved and covenanted with. Mephibosheth was treated like royalty, not because he had anything to offer, but because of his connection with his dad, Jonathan. You know, you and I are lame in both feet too, not physically lame. I'm speaking spiritually now. And what I mean is that none of us deserve salvation. The Scripture says that we are like sheep who wander and stray away from the shepherd. Isaiah 53, verse 6. Every one of us turns to our own ways, the Bible says. You know it only takes one sin to separate us from holy Yahweh. But we've all committed way more than one sin. If we had to stand in a courtroom with Yahweh as the judge, the gavel would come down upon us because of our many sins. You know, I'm so glad that Yahweh didn't do away with me after my first sin. I'm so glad Yahweh didn't throw me away after my second sin and my third sin and my fourth sin and my hundredth sin. I'm so glad Yahweh didn't throw me away. We seem to want to throw others away. But Yahweh sure didn't throw us away. I'm so thankful that I serve a long-suffering mighty one I'm so thankful that I I serve a Yahweh who is kind and He's patient with me because I would not have salvation today if Yahweh wasn't long-suffering. You know, the Bible does not paint a pretty picture of the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of Yahweh. Romans 3.23 We're called the children of wrath by nature. In Ephesians 2, verse 4. And then in Romans chapter 5, we're called helpless, unholy, sinners, and the enemies of Yahweh. But the Bible says that while we were yet enemies, we were reconciled to Yahweh. For Christ died for sinners. For sinners. These are all descriptions of who we are naturally. We are not commandment keepers by nature. We are commandment breakers by nature. And when you get that, when you understand that, His kindness will overflow to you. It will become such a precious thing to you. You won't be able to stand it and contain it. And it will be even when you drive down the road and your work clothes and your work truck and you're filthy and Yahweh's kindness all of a sudden comes on your mind and you realize I'm so undeserving of all of this, Yahweh why have you done this for me? And it overflows like a fountain that can't hold it. The Bible is not a book about how good we are. The Bible is a book about how holy and lofty but yet kind Yahweh is. Amen. Let me say that again. The Bible is a book about how holy, set apart, lofty, but yet Yahweh is. It is a book about how Yahweh shows us kindness even though we are lame in both feet. We, like Mephibosheth, have nothing to offer to the king except our lame, crippled condition. A condition of being spiritually crippled and actually, according to Ephesians 2 verse 1, spiritually dead. But praise Yahweh that He has shown kindness to me. But it's not because of anything I have done or may do for Him. It's because I'm connected to His perfect Son, Yeshua the Messiah. Just like Mephibosheth was connected to Jonathan. Yahweh has kindness upon us because of our relationship to Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeshua has been anointed with the oil of joy above His companions or His fellows. And the reason that Yahweh anointed Him with that oil of joy, oil of gladness, is because He he loved righteousness and He hated lawlessness. And that's not just one time. He always loved righteousness. and He always hated lawlessness. Never sinned, not one time. Therefore, we place our faith in Him, the perfect Lamb. All my sins have been washed clean. Hallelujah. I get to inherit all of Yahweh's property. I get to sit at the table of Yahweh and eat. I get to be treated like royalty because of my Messiah. Not because of me, but because of my Messiah. He holds my hand. The Messiah holds my hand. And he walks with me through the door and he tells Yahweh, this one is with me. Yahweh looks, he nods, he gives the thumbs up. He makes it in because he's with you. You know, if a kid comes over to my house that I've never met, I've never seen him before in my life, and he walks into my house, slams the door, takes his shoes off, sits at my table and says, what's for dinner? I might get a little ticked off. I would probably look at him and say, are you insane? What is this madness? What are you doing? But if Benjamin, my son, opened the door and said, hey dad, I've invited my friend over for dinner to eat tonight with our family. He's my friend. That's entirely different. That kid has a connection with Benjamin and therefore I treat him differently because he walked through my door with Benjamin. I can eat at the table of Father Yahweh for only one reason and that's because I place my faith in His Son. I've admitted that I'm lame in both of my feet. I've admitted, I do it every day, that I'm a wandering sheep. I've attached myself to Yeshua And that makes me a co-heir with him and an heir in Father Yahweh's family and thus his property, his kingdom, so to speak. In other words, I'm eating at the table with Mephibosheth. All that Yeshua gets, I get. Because I'm a joint heir. I know that you feel undeserving of Yahweh's kindness. And that's okay because you are undeserving of it. And so am I. So am I. Grace that is owed is no longer grace. Amen. That's okay. Mephibosheth probably felt undeserving every day. Every day he would wake up. He wasn't able to work. He wasn't able to do anything. But those men would go out and work the fields that were given to him. And he would sit down with David. David would look over at him. David would smile. Bring the best of the best. This is this is Jonathan's son. He's connected to my friend Jonathan. That means he's royalty in my family because of the covenant that I made. Mephibosheth probably felt undeserving every day. That's just how it is. When you're undeserving, you're going to feel that way, but it's okay. You still get to sit at Yahweh's table. You still do. Yahweh still loves you, <coughs> even though you're undeserving and I'm undeserving. Yahweh loves you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's kind. Yahweh is so kind. When I think about how kind Yahweh is, I get a little beside myself because I don't deserve Yahweh's kingdom. I could never make it to His kingdom by myself on my own. I could never make it. I would never be allowed to sit at the king's table if it depended on Matthew. Matthew. I would not be allowed. But the good news is is that it does not depend on me just like it did not depend on Mephibosheth. It all depends on who we're connected to. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for Your grace, Your mercy, and Your kindness. Father Yahweh, may we be people of kindness, people of generosity, People of love. May we remember that you send your rain and your sun and you feed people that never acknowledge you, but you still do for them. May we follow in the footsteps and be perfect like you are, Father in heaven. Father Yahweh, thank you for the kindness that you've shown to me, to all the saints in the Messiah. For it's through him that we pray this prayer to you. Amen.